0: Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Start. Oh. Piki mai kake mai, and welcome to our changing world. Call Alison Balanceaho. Coming up. I discover what 4D printing is. But first, William Ray is off to meet one of the founders of a start-up company, one that began life as a student project at university.
1: Last year, more than half a million New Zealanders got physiotherapy treatment through ACC. Lots of that was helping people recover from sports injuries, which I can tell you from bitter experience usually involves lots of really boring and repetitive exercises, as well as a bit of barefaced lying about whether or not I completed those exercises. And I'm not alone. Some studies have suggested as many as 70% of people fail to complete exercise regimes set by their physio. Back in 2014, a team of students at Victoria University came together through the university's Entrepreneur Boot Camp and came up with an idea to turn these boring exercises into video games. Four years later, that team's still together. They formed a company called Sweebo and are selling their games to physiotherapy practices all around the world. So, on a rainy day in Wellington, I pop into Sweebo's office and meet one of the co-founders and now CEO, Ben Dunn.
2: So this is it here, then? Yeah, so um, I've basically got it set up on the TV here because the bigger screen, the more fun. Yeah.
1: uh, Ben Ben takes me into a demo room. In it is a computer, a big screen TV, and a balance board. In case you've not used one of those before, I ask Ben to describe yeah, yeah, it.
2: it's kind of kind of UFO shaped. It's um, basically a flat wooden disc with a hemispherical base, and the base is made of metal in this case. It's very similar to a balance board you might find at your gym, or like a Bosu ball is something that sometimes people use, you know, with the like inflatable base underneath yeah yeah so
1: the idea is basically it's something unstable to stand on
2: yeah exactly it's an unstable surface and what you use it for is to train your balance mostly for sort of ankles knees backs hips what we call proprioception which is basically just the knowledge of your body in space so kind of like a fancy word for coordination so it's like um, sort of how
1: you can touch your nose in the dark and not, <laughs> and not, and not, and not miss
2: that that is an element of proprioception definitely definitely <laughs> but um it's a it's something that physiotherapists use and sports trainers use to um, help people prevent injury as well. So when you're on the sports field, the worse your proprioception is, the worse control you have over your body, the more likely it is you're going to fall over, hurt yourself, or get some kind of injury of some in description. Because how, um, how long are you usually meant to stand on one of these things? For? Usually uh, a physiotherapist will recommend, you know, five to 15 minutes a day kind of yeah. thing. Um, and 15 and he, minutes is a long time to stand on a wobbly board for. Yeah, that's a, that's a very long time. It's much longer than most of us are willing to stare at a wall. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so what we've done is we've basically taken the wobble board and we've added an app uh, on your smartphone, which measures the movements that you make on the right. board. So it's using the, the
1: built-in gyros in the, in the phone to sort of know which way up it's facing. Yeah,
2: exactly. So basically we can measure all the movements you make while you're on the board um, using those gyroscopes and accelerometers and all the fancy stuff that we all have in our pocket. So there's the app on the phone and then there's the program on the computer which actually listens to all of those measurements coming through and turns the actions that you're making on the board into games in front of you. So instead of staring at a wall while you're doing this or... Whatever it is, you can actually be playing a game and having a whole bunch of fun while you're doing that.
1: Technically, you don't need any special equipment for Sweebo. All you need is a computer, a TV, a smartphone, and a balance board. Sweebo does sell its own special balance boards, which have a compartment to slot your smartphone into, but you can just use an ordinary board and duct tape your phone in place, so long as you don't mind potentially accidentally standing on it.
2: The only thing we're really adding is all software, which makes it really easy to get and really sort of cheap for people to use, which is awesome. All right,
1: well, should we try giving it a go? Yeah, game? let's give it so... a try. All right. So... The first game Ben shows me is Hexile. Hexile's a puzzle game where you have to roll a ball around an obstacle course. You control the ball using the balance board. It rolls whichever direction you're leaning.
2: We made all of these games specifically for tilt and for physical therapy with the help of physical therapists. So it's quite, I mean, it's quite a complicated little thing here. I mean, you got like quite a, I mean, this is actually quite a fun looking game I have to say. That's sort of been the state of the industry for a while is that often these sorts of things are made for better or for worse by, well, clinicians, which is, which is great in that they're solving a real clinical problem that they have and that they experience directly. But they're not typically game developers. They don't typically know how to actually make something yeah. I
1: mean, it's really like fun. When, it's like one of those math learning games you get
2: exactly, or something. exactly. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, oh god, this again. Yeah. Um, so what we've done is make something that is something that we'd actually want to play.
1: Now it's my turn to give it a try.
2: I mean, I'm surprised. Like this, I, I can actually feel this
1: sort of in my ankles quite, quite <laughs> strongly. Like, like
2: this is obviously not exercise. I do I do a lot. No, it's, it's, it's pretty common for people to be like, balance training? What's that? And yeah, yeah. Never having done it before, you know, it's the thing you see in the gym and, you know, maybe once in a blue moon you'll see someone pick it up and use it. And particularly um, if you're doing
1: something like social sport, where, you know, you do do some exercise and there's a lot of potential to injure yourself, but you're not doing the sort of associated training exercise which a professional athlete
2: would yeah yeah definitely a lot of us are, are you know what we call weekend warriors and doing exercise like this is something that we can all do to help keep us healthy and yeah. keep us happy and, and hopefully not get super damn yeah. bored while we're at it so i've got a time of
1: 91.25 seconds how good is that <laughs> <laughs>
2: time play, in, in, and the that's jun- good.
1: in the Journalist League? In like- the Journalist
2: League, that's a high score. <laughs> yes! Uh, you're, doing
0: well.
1: you're doing well. Sweebo isn't just designed with the Journalist League in mind. They've also worked alongside professional high-performance athletes to create a more challenging game. It's called
2: Zen. Every time we sort of went away and made a different version, they came back and asked for it to be harder and faster and harder and faster, so we right. got a little bit out of hand So this is quite a difficult game, as far as the. the Um, I'm just yeah, I'm I'm warning you before you jump
1: on. (laughs) So So basically, we've got like a. You're in a cylinder, and it's coloured sort of half and half blue and red. And I'm guessing you can only go on the blue bits.
2: You're not on the red bits. Yeah, so so you get the better speed and hit the right targets. And then there's these areas like this in the middle where I have to balance the middle. So that's kind of what I was talking about, about how oh, right. certain games get you on the edge and certain games get you to be balancing in the middle. Yeah, it's different. which is, which can is much more the difficult. Yeah, 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 we can design the games to focus on the different yeah.
1: aspects. Of and I can tell immediately this is a much harder game like this. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot
2: going on on the screen. <laughs> I don't want to do it
1: too much, but... Okay, so you got, you got 11,239. That's a, that's a near-perfect score. A near-perfect score. Wow. Okay, listeners, a confession. I play quite a lot of video games, and I also go rock climbing in my free time, so I've got reasonably good balance. And I was feeling like I had a pretty good chance of beating Ben's near-perfect score, as he so smugly described it. So I jump onto the balance board, and boot up NeoZen. There we go. Okay, all right, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. All right, here we go. All right, so, so this is to start as more, you roll around the edges. Okay. okay. And then into the middle,
2: into the middle, into the middle. That's a bit tough, yeah, yeah, into the middle. Nice. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this is quite addictive. Like, I can see, I can see, like, if you're a professional athlete, this is a hell of a lot more fun than, um, you know, your coach gives you 15 minutes of standing, staring at the wall sort of thing. Oh, definitely.
2: Um, especially because it's quite... You can play as multiplayer, so you can also get quite competitive.
1: Speaking of competition, time to look at my score.
2: That is an excellent score. 10,206. Yeah. For our first time on the yeah. internet, that is a fantastic score.
1: I did better than whoever your professional athletes were.
2: <laughs> yeah, just, just, just tell me that's what uh, happened yep, 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 Thank you yep, yeah. yep, Definitely. So far so fun
1: But there is another side to Sweebo These games double as clinical tools For physiotherapists
2: While you're playing we're also collecting Data on how you're moving mm. So that your physiotherapist can see that and they can analyze your balance from that information. So they can actually look for strengths and weaknesses in your balance, or what uh, particular areas you need to be working on, and if you're working the right areas. So for example, if you're, you've got a left uh, ankle injury, they can have a look and check to make sure that you are actually exercising your <laughs> left ankle, uh, and assign the right kinds of games and the right kinds of exercises to be the most effective for you. So it's most effective when you've got a physio on board with you. And it's quite cool because it gives you some like immediate feedback on how much better you're getting. Like
1: you can see, like, oh, I, you know, I, I beat my top score. I must be getting <laughs> my ankle must be getting better.
2: Yeah, definitely. And that's actually one of the things that's really hard about physical therapy in a lot of senses because it's a gradual thing. It's quite hard to feel like you're really improving over the long term. So having something like this, which can actually measure your improvement and show you your improvement, can be really helpful because it can be really motivational.
1: It's more than just a high score, though. Sweebo also crunches the sensor data from the phone to create a whole lot of graphs and heat maps, which your physiotherapist can then look at.
2: So I can see when Lou was playing this level, they were balanced more on their right side than on their left. Um, and then you can look at it in aggregate as well, and see where on the board they were balanced. They're balanced over the course of all of their gameplay. So you can look mm-hmm. for asymmetry and, and um, favoring one side over another, and all that sort of stuff. And then we have something here, which is a balance test. Okay. So this is something that the is specifically available to the clinician. And this is a way for them to objectively measure balance over the course of your therapy. So you come in, they do a set of tests to measure your baseline. They send you home with some games and whatnot. You go home and play. And then when you come back in, they can retest you here and actually show you how much you've improved.
1: We run through this clinical test with me as the guinea pig. I can report that it's much less fun than the games. Basically, it's just balancing on one leg, balancing on two legs, and then leaning in a bunch of different directions before coming back to balancing in the middle. Then we bring up the graphs to see how I performed.
2: So, ooh, that is interesting. All right, so what we've got here is a couple of graphs. One yeah. which, they're both radar charts, so basically what you're looking at with this red one here is the time it took you to get to the target in that direction from mm-hmm. the center. So going from the center into that direction, how long did it take you? So
1: it took me a little bit longer than normal to get up to the top um, right-hand side. Yep, yeah. so
2: for you, leaning forward, leaning right, or leaning forward and right is collectively s- slower than for you leaning in any other direction, okay. which is interesting. And if you're you know, a physiotherapist, you can use this information to maybe diagnose specific problems that people are having or um, assign the right kinds of exercises to correct for these kinds of asymmetries, because asymmetry is a key indicator of risk right. to injury. And what okay. you want to do is try to eliminate as much asymmetry as possible.
1: You're pulling a lot of information out of a very, very simple tool. I mean, this is just, you know, a bit of curvy wood. And then <laughs> to, and by just attaching sentences to, uh, sensors to that, you can, you can make all these awesome looking charts and stuff.
2: Yeah, thanks. It's, it's pretty cool. And what we're trying to do is provide you know, tools that therapists traditionally haven't had access to. A lot of the things that they're going to see from these graphs, some of, some of them they're already going to know but they're going to be able to quantify them using this. They're actually going to be able to track them. Sometimes it brings up new stuff that a that the therapist didn't know before. And quite often we'll see these sorts of measurements actually be able to show the chronic effect of chronic um, or historic injury. So, for example, someone will come in and do a test, and we'll see some, you know, they're much weaker on their left side, and we'll be, oh, do you know why that might be? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, five years ago I had an ACL tear on my left knee, and, you know... I thought I was fully recovered, but there we go. The data says otherwise. Sweebo's already on the market. Ben says
1: they've been selling to physiotherapy clinics across New Zealand as well as overseas. So far, they've only made games which work with balance boards, but Ben says Sweebo is also looking at VR technology for other types of physiotherapy exercises.
2: The intention is to be able to provide a suite of gamification tools that mean that no matter what your injury you can go into the physio and get a really fun and exciting way to be able to rehab yeah. rather than sort of go home and pretend to do those exercises yeah. for mean, the next three two weeks. The last time I did my wrist from
1: climbing I had to do this thing which was basically like move your wrist up and down and do that like 20 times every day and I did it once? Or if my <laughs> physio's listening, I did it every single time. <laughs> if my physio's not listening, I did it like yeah. the yeah. first two days and then I
2: stopped. <laughs> We're all in that. We've all been in that situation, um, and quite often the physios with smiles and nods. But the physio knows they, yeah. they can tell from your from your rehab whether or not you've been doing your exercises already. Um, but the intention being that in future we can gamify other kinds of rehab and that's where potentially the VR or other elements come in where we can start to gamify uh, whether it's back or shoulder or wrist or you know whatever else it is.
0: Thanks, Ben. That was Ben Dunn from Swebo in Wellington, and that story was produced by William Ray. Kei te mai Mike or Tato Al Hurihuri, Kitareo irirangi or Artearoa. I'm Alison Balance, and this is Our Changing World on RNZ National. Now, four years ago saw the launch of 11 National Science Challenges. These are large, collaborative programmes that together have more than a billion dollars of funding over 10 years. They involve researchers from different institutions working together on New Zealand issues. The Science for Technological Innovation National Science Challenge was tasked with tackling high-tech challenges to grow the economy. One of the areas they're focusing on is smart, green manufacturing processes and materials. I'm off to Scion in Rotorua to meet Mark Gaugler and Florian Grekin to find out about one of the research programmes.
3: We are here in our chemistry laboratory um, looking at our 3D printing suite equipped with a number of 3D printers for different techniques, different types of materials, and bringing together very interesting capabilities from polymer processing and also from our material side. Do I
0: take it from that that you're working on the things that you can put into your 3D printer as much as the things that come out the other end?
3: Absolutely. So what we try to combine is uh, additive manufacturing, which is... Fantastic technology for a country like New Zealand, being isolated, reliant on, on import. Additive manufacturing allows the the possibility to go more into onshore manufacturing, manufacturing in the right quantity, but also manufacturing in the regions. Like Rotorua, you, can, you don't have to have a big hub. Um, the other part that it, it allows is this, this great potential to use natural polymers, material that is grown in New Zealand, so manufacturing in New Zealand with material that comes from New Zealand.
0: I've been at cyan for a day and I've been hearing about all sorts of things like bioplastics and bioadhesives and alternative uses for wood basically and wood byproducts. So those are the sorts of things that interest you.
3: Yes, biomaterials and bioproducts coming from a tree but not limited to a tree. So for us, the important part is what is the product meant to be and meant to do, and then work backwards to what is the best feedstock. The other element is the end-of-life consideration. Should it be recyclable? Should it be degradable? So that comes into that as well. And then, very important, the reason why we also do the um, biopolymers work is we are after performance or after things that a conventional polymer can't offer. As an example, uh, Sion is part of the National Science Challenge for Technological Innovation and there specifically the area of 3D and 4D printing. That's a multi-party initiative in New Zealand and we are looking at uh, products like prosthesis where the strength of a prosthesis can change over time and, and adjust to different conditions or material that can respond to pressure, to light, any type of external stimuli, so you're not, you're not set into just one shape or one form. That's what that 4D printing is, this printing with responsive material, material that can change and re- respond and react to an external stimuli.
4: Well, one example would be, for example, what Florian said, a fin um, that reacts to moisture. So if you had a prosthetic limb... That fin is rock solid as long as you walk on the ground. Your way from the change room to the pool, you can walk easily. As soon as you get into the water, that fin will soften
3: up and is like a dolphin fin and help someone swim. A big advantage of, of additive manufacturing and 3D printing is the ability to customize and individualize. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be a mass produced uh, item anymore. It, production quantity is one. The other elements, then, in, in what Mark spoke about, is the closer things are to your body, be clothing, be wearables, um, the, the consideration of is it from nature, is it benign, is it non-toxic, becomes really important.
0: Have you got a 3D printer? You can show me.
4: All these three ones are what's called FDM printer, Fused Deposition Modelling. They use a plastic strand. It's a fairly simple technology. You've got a polymer that's fed into a, a heated head, and when the polymer goes through, it melts... All the printer does is basically what your home printer does with ink and paper. You've got a substrate, the ink is put onto the paper. Here it is a glass substrate and the polymer melt is put onto the glass. The only difference, which makes it 3D, is that the glass drops down and you're writing layer by layer. And it builds up a model from the bottom up. For mass production, um, the speed of how fast you make your materials is not there yet. um, But it's getting there. And the flexibility is unmatched. Um, if you want to make a chess piece today, you make your chess piece. The next thing could be the cast for your arm. The next thing could be a prosthetic limb. So that sort of flexibility um, is what
3: counts in 3D printing.
0: So where are you at in terms of developing potential new plastics that you could use for these?
3: So uh, Scion worked together with uh, Imagine Plastics to bring a range of, of wood-filled filaments on the market so now this is 3D printing filament with New Zealand pine uh, incorporated in it and um, yeah, now readily available on the on the shelf so it's it's a nice first example what is possible suddenly with uh, in the 3D printing area in the 3D printing market. The other thing that we're doing in-house is turning wood into plastics
4: so we use the wood we'll break it down break the structure of the wood the cellulose down into sugars And uh, there is bacteria that then feed on the sugar, and just like humans store fat, these bacteria store polymer inside of them. And we can process the bacterial biomass or the polymer inside those bacteria and make 3D printing filament out of them, for example.
0: In terms of the 4D things, that things that change over time, what's it going to take to create those?
3: 4D or materials, responsive materials exist, but nearly all of them are not bio-based. So the, the uniqueness of of Scion and our partners in the National Science Challenge are targeting is to, to utilize bio-based materials for this 4D effect. And and the reason for that is if you look at if you look at nature or polymers in nature, they are highly functionalized and they have a lot of opportunities to respond. So there is a great opportunity not to, to do additional work or additional chemistry to it but to really build on what's what's given by nature and and utilize it to its maximum potential. What you see in our in our lab is is benchtop type 3D printing and you would see these people have them at home, people have them at school. So the next level is is printing at much larger scale. Um, So we're talking about architecture, we're talking about features that are printed in in cubic meter size. The other end of the spectrum is is voxel printing, so going down to the smallest, essentially nearly molecular level, and printing at such high resolution and customizing, um, also with multi-material printing. So to combining not only one material that you see here, but several materials to, to get to a certain function. Speed is the other thing that people are currently working
4: on. Um, so as 3D printing is slightly slower than some other technologies, but people work on having factories that have multiple 3D printers or 3D printers in line. So as one finishes, um, the next one goes online and starts to print their part. So if you had enough of these units, you can print still a good amount of, of different samples. It's already done a lot in metal printing, for example. So you can use metals as print materials where you, as Florian said, print in cubic meters. You can print hundreds of pieces. Each can be different from the other.
3: You're not limited to design there. More and more designers also start to include this um, end-of-life design very early on. So traditionally um, a lot of products were made to function but the end of life consideration was never given. So we are, we are ending up with products and material that we still don't know how to deal with. Whereas in this, in this concept now designers very very early on bring that thought process in to say where is it used, how do I reassemble or disassemble it. And these are also elements on, on printing in larger scale obviously become very, very important where printing, printing concepts such as freeform printing, so printing without any support structure, is really critical because suddenly the um, amount of material not used is really important.
0: Have you got some exciting new materials in the pipeline?
3: We've developed some very New Zealand-specific or Kiviana type materials. So one example is utilizing PowerShell as a filler in 3D printing material. So it's a beautiful circular economy story working with companies that produce power or export power but are left with tons and tons of the shell. So where we looked at it, can we use that as a filler in the in the polymer? One hand you use less of the polymer so that's a tick, big environmental uh, benefit but also the story is, is, a, is a great story that your object contains 20-30 percent of power and going forward what we are really interested in there is power is known for its iridescence and beauty to capture that iridescence and beauty then in the 3D printed object so that's, that's one example the other one is um, the utilisation of Harakiki fibre.
0: Ah, FLEX.
3: So FLEX, so Harakiki, New Zealand fibre, and again utilising a New Zealand resource, in this case the, the fibre, combining it with biopolymer and printing it. We've done a number of not 3D printed applications of it in the, in the past, but now we're taking it forward as a, as a 3D printing material.
0: So lots of exciting things coming out.
3: Yes, it's a growing area, rapidly growing area, and the really nice thing is that experimenting, trying new materials, you can immediately test it as a, as a product or a product concept. So the, the speed to market, using it both as a, as a prototyping but also manufacturing tool, offers great opportunities.
0: Thanks, Florian. That was Florian Grecken and Mark Gaugler, who are both at Scion. And that's all we've time for. But if you'd like to listen to tonight's stories again or indeed any from the past 13 years of the programme just head to our webpage rnz.co.nz ourchangingworld Our Changing World If you'd like our stories to come directly to your inbox each week then just sign up for our email newsletter while you're there. We also post all our stories on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle is rnzscience. You can get in touch with us there. Or you can drop us an email at ourchangingworld at rnz.co.nz. Thanks for listening. But for now, it's goodnight from me, Alison Balance. Kia pai tōpō.